0: Life in the Land of the Ice and Snow. Today we have Clara, originally from Austria.
1: Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. How long have you been? You've been in Sweden a while. (laughs) Oh my god, yes. I arrived on the 1st of December 2002, so that makes it 16 years. And a little um, background on why you're here? Yeah, because of love, Mm -hmm. I guess, like most of us. (laughs) That's right. There's not many people that moved to Sweden for other reasons now. I shouldn't say that. Oh, well, the weather yeah. is,
0: is just so lovely. And exactly. Yeah, I want to be in the darkness yeah. six months out of the year. I totally
1: agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, no. But I, I met this lovely Swedish guy when I was um, an exchange student. Hmm. Erasmus, it's actually called, in Edinburgh in Scotland. Oh. And he was doing his master's in law. Uh, at the same university Edinburgh mm-hmm. University and we were living in the same in the same student house that's how we met and then yeah a couple of years later he lived with me in Vienna did oh. he did an internship at the United Nations there oh. that was just before 9-11 and he was doing an internship at the terrorism prevention branch oh no yeah, it was actually, it was the months before, the summer before 9-11.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: So, um, uh, anyway. It's uh, got to be
0: quite a different program the next year.
1: Absolutely. He wasn't doing exciting stuff there. Right. But I remember that he told me about Osama bin Laden when he was there. And th- by that time, I mean, I hadn't... Right, yeah, I didn't know about no. the name. So. But what he, what he was doing is he, he was, um, they were, he and his colleagues were sort of looking at all the terrorism happening in the world and sort of categorizing it. And, and yeah, it, in a way. So it wasn't, it wasn't exciting work, but he had quite exciting colleagues, really. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so this is how I met my husband. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it was the question sort of, where do we live? And I, I, I think, if I may say, and he knows that, I, I think I was a bit naive because I'd lived abroad mm-hmm. and I thought, it's not a big deal. You know, Sweden, you know, I've lived in, you know, in, in, in New York and it's not, you know, it's not a big deal. It was a huge deal. It was a huge deal. But you really don't, was. you don't
0: realize until you actually no. start living somewhere no. else with no. no plan. I mean, if you, if you go and yeah. stay somewhere for school or something, yeah. then I think, you know, that there's an end point, but then when you decide to move somewhere forever, It's a different kind of mindset,
1: I think. That's exactly it. And I remember to this day this feeling of, okay, I'm now giving up my flat. I'm now giving up. And I wasn't, you know, I wasn't 23. I was 27 by that time. And Mm -hmm. I felt really settled. I I loved my life in Vienna. I had my friends. I, I felt like, I felt rooted. And then I always, and this sounds so depressing, but I always describe it like to other people that haven't had the experience, that you take a fully grown tree you take it up by its roots and you plant it somewhere else and then you know the first season in my case several seasons (laughs) you know the tree doesn't grow so well and you know looks a bit sad and the the leaves are hanging and that's how I felt a bit so yeah I was naive but yeah I I sticked around And now I am i don't know what I am any longer. I I guess uh, when people ask me, uh, are you Swedish, are you Austrian? I say, I, I think I'm Swedish in my head. I think I've mm-hmm. sort of... That's not the right word and that's not how I want, but I've been brainwashed a bit. I mean, I. you know, <laughs> I've been here for such a long time, but in my heart, I'm still Austrian. I think that will never go away. Right.
0: Yeah. And I think that's a, a thing is when you first move here, you feel more from wherever you came from. And then you get to this strange in-between period where you don't belong in either place. So you don't recognize when you go back home a lot exactly. of the cultural things because things have moved on. Exactly. And then you also don't feel comfortable here and exactly. I, I think like like you I'm more mindset uh Swedish now. Yes. So uh, what are the differences but especially at first that you notice between uh, Vienna I, and Stockholm? Yeah,
1: I think between Vienna and Stockholm and again this might sound very critical but Vienna is a very, very cultural city. And and Stockholm has moved on a lot in the past 16 years, really Mm a lot. But when I came, it felt a bit coming to a provincial town (laughs) from a Central European city with amazing museums, amazing art, amazing theatre, everything Mm -hmm. really. And being so close in Central Europe. So it's, you know, six hours by train to Venice. It's three hours to Budapest. It's that's right in what there. I'm jealous
0: of. I wish that we yeah, had that because exactly. it, it, you just it's a little too long to get out of Sweden to go to mainland yes. Europe.
1: And that's what was difficult. Um, so that was... The, and Stockholm, uh, I remember the first time I came here, I found it very cold. I, <laughs> Did I, you? Not, <laughs> not the weather because that was in the summer, but I sort of, I didn't... Other cities like London, I came to London, I felt, you know, I, I loved it. I felt at home, I could find my way. Stockholm was almost mm-hmm. a bit... I didn't fall for it, really, like some other people do. It took some time for me to appreciate the city. I do appreciate it now because it is a beautiful city and it has a lot to offer. But I didn't, at first, it didn't feel natural. I had to fight for liking Stockholm. What are the differences? Yeah, and the biggest difference, I think, is... Um, Making friends. I don't know if you feel the same. I can imagine that you feel the same um, because I've spoken to lots of friends from that move to Sweden. I have my heart on my tongue. I don't have a problem telling people about my life. And when I moved here, I felt very lonely and I wanted to make friends and I wanted to be able to say, I'm not feeling well, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, Magnus had friends and and when I spoke to them and I said, I'm, you know, it's difficult right now. They were like, oh, all oh, right you know and they just moved on that <laughs> there's never that there was never any connection it always was on a surface level and i i needed that so much and and swedish people themselves actually say that they are hard to get to know yeah. they're very friendly on a superficial level but um, it's difficult to get underneath really and it's difficult for them to show pain and to show strong things. emotions yeah, exactly i've seen that yes in exactly. a lot of examples and that made it very difficult for me because i'm not like that at all but yeah. do you think,
0: mm-hmm. like, for example, if um, somebody, if, say, mm-hmm. a Swede came to Austria mm-hmm. when you were living there and said, oh, I'm mm-hmm. so lonely, I don't have friends, mm-hmm. would you just go, oh, that sucks, and, <laughs> and go off? Mm-hmm. Or would you be like, oh, well, you know, give me your number and maybe, because in, in Texas, Definitely. everybody was so excited when somebody came from another country, uh, my friends and I, oh, we
1: have to take you here and we have to take you here. And we worked so hard to get people Absolutely. a network. Absolutely. And that, that would never happen no in Austria. Here. No, really, I uh, no, no, I've never heard that about when people move to Austria, Never, I and and I, no, I can't imagine that. So, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I I wonder where that comes from.
0: But I, I think something else is that when you first move mm-hmm. to a new country, especially with language difference and and cultural differences. That you're not so sure of yourself. So your confidence is down. And that makes it difficult for you to be yourself and approach people. Because I think that now that I've been here Mm. almost 20 years, now I feel like I can make friends with anyone. Mm. I just Mm. run my mouth and it's getting so much easier. So it, it depends on the personality of both people. But Absolutely. it's so difficult at Absolutely. first.
1: Absolutely, I
0: found, I found myself just trying to find communities of other people from other countries or even other Americans, and I would go and try to make arrangements for dinner, yeah. and then I would come back and I would tell Mons, I would say, yeah, it was nice and all, but if I lived back in the States, I would never be friends with this person because we, we don't click, you know? But you find yourself desperate (laughs) to to meet people. Yes, I understand
1: that. (laughs) Well, I must say, to to defend my the friends i have here i've one one of my oldest friends here i met in a swedish language class and i'd be definitely be friends with her in austria as well but i i i I fully understand what you mean
0: (laughs) it took me several years to
1: to really find friends
0: that i like yeah and that yeah that would actually be my friends no matter where i was but the first few years yeah it was like i'll just take anybody who speaks english and (laughs) has some time to go get something to eat (laughs) Well, let's see. I want to hear a little more about Austria. I've only
1: been once in my life. Okay, where did you go? Uh, Innsbruck. Oh, only for a day. But what can I tell you about Austria? Yeah, so Innsbruck on one end, on the west, I come from the east, Mm -hmm. which is very different. There's no mountains there. It's pretty, okay. it's not flat, it's sort of a bit hilly, but parts of it are very flat too. Which used to be part of Hungary up until 1921 and there are still hungarian and croatian speaking minorities there oh okay so that's why i grew up but austria is such a tiny country so for people that don't know austria that well i usually say i come from vienna because that's where i lived Mm -hmm. before i moved to sweden and that's really i i love vienna i really do it's a beautiful city so if you ever get the chance oh yes you really (laughs) should go i think you would really like it. I'll
0: get my tips from you. Yes. Oh yeah. You'll get
1: whole list. (laughs) Are you able to go back often? Um, yes, I do go back to Austria about three times a year, but then I'm where I grew up, which is only about an hour from Vienna. So it's my family is there. And with the kids, it's just become too difficult to go to Vienna. And yeah, so um, what else can I tell you? Yeah, it's a tiny country. Um, I was thinking when I was preparing for the podcast I was thinking what what are the difference in 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 Christmas celebrations and stuff and one thing that's that struck me I don't know if you ever uh, seen with your parents-in-law whether you do it I don't know do you have Swedish flags on your Christmas tree no
0: but I think it's so nice I've seen that in a few places but we don't do you guys
1: have that on no. your tree <laughs> no it's funny you find that when I saw that first time I was like you must be kidding me <laughs> a little and bit too nationalist <laughs> exactly exactly yeah. because that's probably why we yeah. don't have it <laughs> yes because in Austria the showing of the flag you don't do that you're not you're not supposed to be nationalism that of course has to do with our history so you know any show any show of of nationalism is sort of whoa no don't go there the funny thing is I remember when I a couple of years after I moved here they started having the national day the 6th of June before Mm -hmm. that uh, it was sort of a national day but you weren't off work and it wasn't really celebrated. So they started doing that. And I remember sort of the, the discussion around that. Is that the right thing to do? And now it seems to be totally accepted. and I think people like it, but uh, it wasn't natural, really. No. Yeah. So, But but nationalism in Austria is a big no-no. So having, I having, having the Austrian flag <laughs> on your Christmas tree, oh, my God, that would not put cool. you... In the worst (laughs) right-wing corner you can imagine. So So that's a difference. I see these uh,
0: beautiful traditional ones sometimes at museums when they do Christmas displays. And, yeah, they have, like, I guess you would call it a garland of Swedish flags. But the thing that gets me is the old-time candles, like actual lit candles
1: We have that in Austria.
0: Really? Mm -hmm. And did you have that growing up in your tree? Yeah, we have
1: it now. Wow, Yeah, how does that work, like, fire safety-wise? We've <laughs> never... I'm I'm not going to disclose my age, but <laughs> in all the years I've been celebrating Christmas, we've never had an incident. I haven't heard of any friends or, you know, any anyone else having an incident with the candles in so, the Christmas tree. But how tree. do you handle
0: that? Because it's like... Do you have a real tree? Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: But what you about, like, when you, you know, it dries you, you're just out? Lighted, or... Yeah, you just light it, like, on the 24th in the evening. Okay. Once for, you know, while you're singing or, you know, whatever you're doing. Uh, and then you just take them out. So you don't light the candles or the Christmas tree, the candles. You often. don't leave you just it in it. all no, the time. No, no, no. Yeah, no. You leave the candles in, but you don't light them. Right. So I was actually really, when we started having our own Christmas tree, I was like, I can't get any candles anywhere. What is that? Until I realized, well... You just can't because it's for safety reasons. <laughs> yeah, because I think they used yes. to do
0: it. And yeah. now it's only the people who yeah. still have it maybe in their attic yeah. or old yes. Christmas decorations. Yes,
1: exactly. Yeah, yeah that's interesting. So now but, I'm, I'm used to not having it. But the very first I was so disappointed because it smells so nice too. You never had it? Oh. The smell of... The real candles, candles? With the, um, Yeah. Christmas tree. It smells so Ooh. nice.
0: I'm not going to try it because yeah. we just got a new cat. So yeah. I, I don't know. even know if That's regular true. decorations
1: <laughs> are going to make it. <laughs> exactly. They probably
0: won't. But it. I was, um, I was mm. trying to read up a little bit on yeah. Austrian traditions yes. for Christmas. Yes. So speaking of the Christmas tree, when do you put up your Christmas tree? On the 24th.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Never. Now, I guess now... Slowly people start putting it up early, but it's very unusual. It's the 24th.
0: We do the the same, but I I don't know anyone else here who does that. But my husband said that when he was growing up that they never put up the tree until the 24th. And it was... Very magical because he would it wake is. up, and then there's yes. the tree, and it's really Christmas, yes. and he wanted yeah. to continue that tradition yeah. for I our lo- kids. I, I think I, it's I wonderful. I totally
1: agree. I totally agree. I love that. It's the way we did it in our family was that there's children's programs on TV, and so mm-hmm. they put us into room. And we were not allowed to go down until they'd decorated the Christmas tree. And then there was a little bell that they rang. And then we were allowed to come I heard about the bell, down. yes. Yeah. And that, that is really amazing. Oh. In my husband's family, they always decorated the tree together. Mm-hmm. Also on the 24th, but they always did it together. So he's overruled me, which <laughs> I think breaks the magic a bit. Really? But I mean, it's, you know, it's more sort of we do it as a family thing. But on the other hand, it's the magic of Christmas. Because in Sweden, you have the big day on the 24th. So mm. you have your big day on the 25th as yes. a family. so okay. it's
0: part of that whole mixing two cultures yeah. For, yeah. Uh, for holidays. So what we do is we celebrate Swedish Christmas on the 24th. Yeah. And then we celebrate American Christmas on the twenty fifth. But uh, Swedish Christmas has so many more traditions than American Christmas, ah, at least from my family. Okay. So there's not so much. So on the twenty fourth, we do. Um, we usually try to go to a church service at some point. Then we um, we go to family. We have a big Christmas lunch with the usual Swedish um, meatballs and potatoes and sausages and all that kind of stuff. Then we have to watch Donald Duck. And then the presents are after Donald Duck. Mm-hmm. I, I hear that this is a big argument between a lot of Swedish families. Do you open the presents before Donald Duck or after Donald before Duck? Before
1: the duck or after the duck.
0: Then we open presents and then it's porridge usually afterwards. Okay. So it's a, like a, what is it? Rieskret. Rieskret. Exactly. Which they actually served at school today for my kids. And they were so excited. It's all they've been talking about for two days. On, on Thursday, we're going to get re-screened good. And it's like, I just never thought I'd have children that get happy because they're going to have porridge for a school <laughs> no, lunch. That's,
1: <laughs> sounds, that, that's very Swedish. It's a little too Oliver and it is. orphanage yes, kind of. It is. Yeah. <laughs> like no you don't get another spoon of porridge <laughs> so now i'm not sure if i've yeah. explained on
0: the other podcast or not about the donald duck special that's so mm-hmm. such mm-hmm. a thing
1: in swedish tradition i've seen it once really yeah. and people refer to it all the time and i don't get anything so i think i have to watch it this yeah i just have to I wrote down. i'm not i'm not going to be Swedish. If I no, you, you've yet. got to. Right. It's you know the whole yeah. country. It's their yes, duty I to know. watch the Donald Duck
0: Christmas special. <laughs> I, I looked it up, and it, it started in 1959.
1: That's and early. The wow. reason it
0: was so popular, I've I've talked to mm-hmm. Mons about this, is that now he's a child of the late 70s yeah. and 80s, and he said there were almost no cartoons. They only had one station, and they had two, and There were so little cartoons on TV that his mother would wake him up in the middle of the night if she was watching TV and, say, like an old Betty Boop cartoon came on. It was such a special thing. So it's just a bunch of cartoons all together. Some are about Christmas. Some have nothing to do with Christmas. I guess they were just trying to push the Disney characters. Mm -hmm. So it's just all these clips. It's dubbed over in Swedish very badly. (laughs) So if you've just come, it takes a few years and you have to listen to the songs that you know from Disney, yeah. but they're all in Swedish and the yes. voices are wrong. Yes. <laughs> yes. And it's an hour long special and everybody's very quiet. Everybody watches it. It's such a weird thing, but such a set thing. Bedmond says it's because they didn't have cartoons. So it's very oh. special. But now, of course, you can see it whenever you want or see cartoons, yeah. but it still yeah. kind of remains something yes. that people enjoy from their yes. childhood. Absolutely. So we do it every year with our
1: kids. <laughs> Hey. No, we haven't because also we alternate being in Austria and Sweden for Almost. Christmas. So, you know, obviously when we're in Austria we we don't watch Donald no. Duck. No, because there's no Donald Duck
0: special. <laughs> but I on know Swedes TV. who like to go away for the winter and they'll go to Florida and they will yeah. download the Donald Duck special just so they can watch it on Christmas Eve wherever they are in the world. Okay, my husband
1: is not that <laughs> dedicated. <laughs> so no we haven't done that
0: yeah. <laughs> all right but then yes. i was just gonna say that then on the 25th it's just wake up in the morning open gifts and being your pajamas all day oh. that's pretty much
1: it for the american tradition <laughs> yeah but then you've had the 24th with lots of things so you can just chill out on the twenty fifth. Yeah. that sounds pretty but nice but what about
0: uh, so how do you work this you you switch off between countries each year
1: Exactly. And the tradition, it is very different from what we do in my family, which I don't know whether it's typical Austrian. I don't or think just so your because family. <laughs> my, my family isn't really typical Austrian. But we also, I mean, when we're in Austria, we also try to, we haven't done it for a couple of years, but we always, before we we try to go to church for a service, because that just makes it special. Mm. And then we would have dinner. And then we would open presents and then we would usually do either play a board game. Yeah, no, mm. what I forgot is also we we always before we open presents, we always read the new the New Testament, you know, the story of Oh when okay. Christ is born. And we're not a religious family, but it it's, it's a nice piece of text and it's it just makes it, you know, it's so nice to hear. Yeah. So usually my dad reads, you know, this part of the New Testament and then we sing some Christmas songs. How cozy! It's yeah, like a movie. It, yeah, it's, no, <laughs> it's really nice. It's really nice. My sister, I'm not musical at all, my sister plays the guitar. She can also play the piano, so she used, you know, she plays. And yeah, actually before I had kids and Oh, a long time ago, I used to write Christmas stories myself. So one Christmas story each year. That was, a, that was really nice. So I hope, you know, if I... Now the Christmas period is almost so busy and I never have the inspiration to... So that's what we do. We read stories. Yeah, we don't just read the New Testament. We also read Christmas stories, you know, any, any Christmas stories. Um, and then we sing songs and we open the presents. And then we play a board game. Or we watch old films, you know. That you know, oh, really the family, the family, or, yeah. Uh-huh. So when we were kids uh, and had Christmas, um, I would see films of myself when I was a baby or three <laughs> or five. So all the, the the singing and reading stories that helps. That you know, it's not it's not. I a really like everyday. that. That's a yeah. nice uh,
0: idea. Yeah, and
1: we we do sing in Magnus' family as well, not as uh, as much as we do in my Austrian family, but we do absolutely. But it's more about the food. Really, yeah, <laughs> it is about the food. I'm sorry, I can't go. It is,
0: <laughs> yeah. I would say, like the sweets, they aren't that focused on the presents, they're focused on the, on food. the
1: food. Yes, <laughs> That's very much most most important. important, yeah, yeah, on the food and the telly. Yes, it's the Donald Duck, and it's the what's the other one oh, called? Oh, the, the, the kid the, who steals yes, everybody's presents, exactly. Um,
0: Carl Bertel Jonsson and
1: Sagan Carl Bertel Jonsson
0: so then you have to watch this uh, where is it from it's oh it's from the 70s it's a cartoon Uh, from the 70s we usually end up watching that sometime after the presents I think it comes on like at five yeah exactly it's after
1: food and after presents and then you
0: you have to watch this kid who is supposed to be delivering mail but then he just steals all the rich people's presents and And gives it to 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 other people it's
1: actually pretty nice though I like it it's this Robin Hood story yeah it's, basically it's, yeah but that's that's a big tradition so I think in Mangus family you can do without the Donald Doug if need be mm-hmm. but not without the Carl Bertil Berthel- Jonsson's hmm Yule whatever it's called yes
0: The other thing that my kids do, and and I do with them, is we watch the Swedish Advent TV calendar, and we listen to the radio calendar. So we we buy these special calendars Mm -hmm. from the government TV Mm -hmm. radio, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they run a show... (laughs) both on the radio and on the TV but each story is different mm-hmm. and it's 10 minutes per episode each day and it's a long story which concludes on the 24th mm-hmm.
1: so you listen to these mm-hmm. Advent stories the, the, This year's, I've, we started watching them a couple of years ago when my kids sort of started to get interested in them and some of them are really good really entertaining I mean it's only oh, yeah. 10 minutes and it's a nice tradition to watch them together well, One of them, the ones that I've seen are really rubbish, like really <laughs> I mean, such poor acting and such poor stories. It's like, please. Um, so, this year's is okay, I would say. Yeah, yeah. It's fun. It I mean, It is entertaining. Yeah. 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 Yes.
0: But it's it. not easy to make a show that's only 10 minutes long per episode and that has and to wrap that,
1: up. Exa- and that appeals to both. To families, so to both grown-ups and kids, and kids of all ages as well. This time of year, it's so easy to get my kids out of bed for school because
0: first they have their chocolate advent calendar, and then the radio advent calendar comes on at like 650 I think. And they need to leave by 7.30. Oh, so if they're not getting yes. out of bed, I'll be like, radio calendar comes on in five minutes. <laughs> but I mean, honestly, I can just look it up later on the yeah. iPad if we <laughs> miss it. But because on the weekends, there's no way we're getting up that okay. early. So on the weekends, I do look it up.
1: <laughs> so in Sweden, you eat pepper coco, you eat lucibula around Santa Lucia and then you eat pepper coco. Mm-hmm. Gingerbread. G- gingerbread. And that's... It really, when it comes to Christmas, like Sweet, sweets, certainly. isn't it? Mm-hmm. For the most part, yeah, I think.
0: Yes, uh, there's some marzipan treats yeah, and exactly. in their Aladdin box yeah. of chocolate, they yeah. all have to have.
1: Yeah, well, in Austria, it's tradition that you make your own, and usually have recipes for small, what do you call it? I mean, cookies uh, like sugar that, cookies, y- yeah, that have been passed down through the generations, and you make. 10 15 20 different varieties and they're so good oh, i mean that sounds so good. good yeah it's it's really really good and when we're there usually we have i mean my my family we don't my mum used to make them but my mom has passed away so now we don't make them any longer but we always buy in and when my dad comes to visit for example he always brings one of those tin boxes with um. all the different cookies or small bakeries um That is different. They're so good. Oh, that sounds good. We need more sweets. We we should start something. (laughs) More sweets. More More sweets at Christmas. More variety. (laughs) Perhaps not more, but more variety at least. Yes.
0: (laughs) And maybe we should mention real quick that also the Swedes always have this Aladdin box of chocolate. It's another tradition. And the weirdest thing is that nobody Swedish can take the last piece of candy. or the last piece of anything and it drives me crazy because whenever i'm working at an office if i bring something doesn't matter it doesn't matter if it's candy cookies chips whatever it is when you come back at the end of the day there will be one (laughs) sitting because nobody takes the last one so my job in the family with the aladdin boxes is like i'm the american so i'm just gonna be taking this
1: and the thing is you have to eat the top before you can go that to the next level. Yeah, so the, if exactly. you if
0: you're out of the flavors you like at the top, you, you're, you're not, not allowed, allowed to reach to under. Go and no, the, it's all huge, the top ones. that's yeah. no no, that's a real right. yes. You I, might be kicked out you, of the house.
1: You, I th- yeah, I think you might get a divorce. What hmm? about in Austria? Do
0: you celebrate the sixth? That
1: that's a great story, actually. So. The 6th is Sankt Nikolaus. Mm-hmm. So Santa Claus, Sankt Nikolaus, but in Austria it's not Santa Claus who brings the presents, it's the Weihnachtskind. So it's, it's like it's like baby Jesus. Baby Jesus brings that the presents. That looks like a girl with a dress, like an angel. Uh, so Saint Nikolaus also brings presents to children, only the good children though. And mm-hmm. what you do is you you polish your shoes in the evening, you put them outside. Outside of the entire house. Or yeah, your usually. Room. Nowadays oh, okay. people, people parade. But yes, I mean, we did. Yes, we did it outside. And then in the morning, you will find presents. And in the olden days, uh, you would get an orange. Perhaps you would get some peanuts, mm-hmm. strangely enough. Like, the, you know, the ones with the, oh, uh, with the, with shells the shell that you need exactly. to break. Exactly. Yeah. Perhaps some chocolates. Usually a chocolate Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. And. And perhaps a present. But the present really has become big in the later days. So traditionally it was only that. It wasn't really that much. Things that fit in a shoe. In a shoe, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Only the good kids, because now comes the funny part, the funny, funny, scary part, because St. Nicolaus has this helper mm-hmm. who's called Campus. And if you've looked it up, He's scary. Yes, yes. <laughs> He's a scary dude. I have been to a <laughs> December 6th
0: celebration in Slovenia where oh, they had a wow. huge thing with St. Nicholas and Krampus
1: in the square. And it was very, very strange, but I'll let you talk about it. Yes. So when I was a kid, the young the boys in town, in the village would dress up as Krampus and go around in the evening and scare kids. So it was a bit like Halloween. So as a kid, you would go out, and it was a bit of a scary kind of dare thing. You would go out, and they would chase you, and they had chains. Like, you know, I mean, really scary. <laughs> yeah. And as kids that sort of, because they told you. I, I once celebrated St. Nicholas at a friend's, and I was, how old, I was probably seven, eight. And her mom did a really cool thing. So she... She rang on the door and she said, oh, now he's coming. And then all the kids were under under the, <laughs> <laughs> under the table because they were so afraid that campus was coming. And then you would hear some chains and stuff oh. and she would pretend talk to... That's terrifying. Yeah, it is terrifying. So what would she say? Yeah. And we should say, oh, you know, because Nikolaus usually says, are there any good kids here? And then the mother would say, "Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, some, but there's also some, Ah, oh, okay, but this time Campus will not do anything, but he will rattle his chains. And, and he also has this, called rute, so it's, it's um, branches from a tree that you can whip. Whip. Yes. Whip. Exactly. So you would hear that and they would hide, but then it's, oh, but no, but they've been good enough so you can go again. So they go out. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and it's this kind of funny, scary. I mean, I was, that there were times I was really scared, I mean, of those boys chasing you. But the, the campus kind of part has disappeared a bit, they're tuning it down. Like in the German school here in Stockholm, they would not have the campus because it's not it's not politically correct to scare people like you know, children <laughs> like that. Uh, but in uh, in some parts of Austria, in the Innsbruck, in the West, mm-hmm. they have Raunacht, which is which means translated raw night, and there they have. A whole series of Campus liknande, what would you call them? What's like the word? Or... Yeah, I mean they're fig- figures or Gestalten. what's the word? Never mind. So a whole, not just one the sort of many and they look really scary. They look yeah. really scary and they have masks and everything. So look that up. Raunacht. Okay. So, and that's in the, in, in the western parts of Austria. So, uh, Nikolaus is a really interesting tradition. Yeah, I like it. I, I do celebrate it with my kids. Of course, we don't have the campus and they don't polish their shoes. They're too lazy, oh. but they put out their shoes at least. <laughs> I saw that the Swedish military each year flies in a Christmas tree shaped formation. Yes, I didn't know it was yeah. each year, though. It's is each it? year. Yeah, And I missed it. Yeah, I saw it in the paper.
0: I yes. saw the picture, and it was so nice. Yeah, And I can't believe I didn't hear a bunch yeah, of military planes true. flying that's over. That's true,
1: because that must sound... Yeah. But anyway, that, that I found pretty... See, I'm very anti-military in my background, <laughs> which is a bit strange. I'm married to a husband whose dad used to be an officer. Oh. But anyway, we're very different, Magnus and I. <laughs> so I find that... Sweet in a way, but very strange because again in Austria, military Sylvia, we need to have it because we're neutral country. We like Sweden, Mm -hmm. but we're not proud of it. So that I found that so so Swedish. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) sort (laughs) of. We have those, you know, military planes. We might as well use them. (laughs) them and Let's you know make a do, uh, do a tree. christmas tree formation <laughs> it's so nice that it they is do that, that though it's very nice
0: yes. i also love um, with the military because we have the big royal castle in the middle of stockholm yeah. and this is a, a tip for people who have family yes. visiting is that Every day during the summer, I think it's around noon, there's a parade through Stockholm and it's all military horses, military band. They end up at the Royal Castle and they do a show for like 30 minutes outside. It's free. Anybody can go the military band plays they do like a changing of the guard sometimes they'll play ABBA on their military instruments (laughs) or something funny it's it's so much fun and it's free to bring any of your visitors Mm -hmm. or tourists to and I think a lot of people if you're not in the middle of town then you don't realize that this happens all the time and I think in the winter it's maybe twice a week or three times a week they do do it in winter but it's not as much as they do in the summer and I just think that's again a great Use for the it's military d- yeah exactly <laughs> play instruments absolutely. and entertain me
1: <laughs> absolutely <laughs> blessed sweden that's yes. what it uses its military for i hope it stays that way <laughs> yeah, really. <me> too. <laughs> really
0: so we'll wrap this up this is yes. the last episode of the podcast for 2018 a special christmas episode and there'll be more episodes after the new year. So I uh, wish everybody a Merry Christmas, Good Yule And I don't know it in German, so you gotta...
1: <laughs> Frohe Weihnachten und ein gutes neues Jahr. Perfect. <laughs> and uh, auf Wiedersehen. Thank you. <laughs>